This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. I'm surprised you don't have your orange on today. You came in the shop, I barely recognized you. We got a baby doctor appointment. Oh, so you got to look professional. Yeah, well, no. It was, plus it was cold out, so I had to wear a toboggan to cover my ears. I'm, I'm bald, you know, so I got to cover that up somehow. Give, we'll give you a free pass. Today. I'm bald and I have big ears. I mean, come on, you got to protect that stuff, you know? <laughs> you're now tuned in to Junior Motorsports Upfront. Now here's your host, Regan Smith and Heath White. Welcome, everyone, to our first episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront. I am Heath White, and I am sitting here with one Regan Smith in the Junior Motorsports Studios. Regan, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. And, and that was good. You got through the name the first yeah. time. That's uh, that's impressive. You had that wrong earlier today, so I'm, I'm happy you. to see that. You even remembered to put your name in there, so yes. that was good, too. No no one really cares if I'm here. It's, it's more or less about you. Well, we know that, Heath, yes. unfortunately, but that's uh, just the facts of life sometimes. We've got a, a big week coming I'm up I'm just here. kidding, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, we've got a big week coming up this week. We are heading to Daytona. Well, Heath, if nobody cares, let's let's talk about you for a second. What if nobody you? cares about you, let's talk about you for a second. No, no we're here to talk about you. Heath, what, how did you come to Junior Motorsports? Give the folks a backdrop. Now, if they're going to uh, listen to these all year long, they okay. want to know who this Heath White character is. We'll do this briefly. Well, we're doing it now. Okay, so time me. This is going to be like a 15-second deal. Okay. All right. I started at Everham Motorsports from Everham Motorsports back in the Dodge days. I came here to work with Mike, uh, Mike Davis, and that was what? six years ago. Ever made you want to do that? Uh, well, you know, it was 2008. We were going through some uh, – there were some job issues in 2008. Okay. I don't even remember that. And Davis said, hey, I have something available over here if you want to come over. No, it's, it's all making sense And now. I did. Yeah. So I actually owe Mike Davis big time for helping me out. However – I will say, anything I owe him, I have returned tenfold. <laughs> well, of course. That's that's how that works. Yeah, I mean, cl- clearly, that's how that's got to work from the start. So. Which is probably why I'm sitting here with you right now. Well, yeah. Instead this, of my This day. might be the biggest uh, payoff for him yet. But let's talk Let's talk about Daytona. There's a lot that's going on down there. A lot yeah. of race cars on the track. A lot, uh, lot of new faces. New faces. Yeah. Excitement. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously with the cup cars getting out there last week, it, uh, it started to give us an idea of what to – what to expect for for this upcoming week, and and no, it's not the Xfinity cars, and it's not w- what we're going to be doing, what Junior Motorsports is going to be doing, but uh, you can still still pick up on a lot of things and, and learn to learn a lot of things, uh, uh, whether it's on TV or, or if you're at the track watching or, or whatever that might be. So uh, it's it's always it's always fun to get the off season over with and uh, and get the car started. So last Saturday night, what? You were in front of the TV, weren't you? I was, and you yes. were you were tweeting as I, always. I was tweeting as always. I I got to answer a lot of things and got to rile up a few people apparently on some of my opinions, which was unintended. But uh, it's the Regan I Smith was, way, though. Was, let's let's be honest. Well, it's me and you talking off to the side. It's typically the Regan Smith <laughs> way, but uh, yeah. I, normally, I try not to do that publicly too much. Publicly too much, and. Uh, Apparently, guys just didn't like my professional opinion on a few things. So. But we will say this: you do offer a professional insight. I try to. I try. I don't. It might be semi-professional, but yeah, I, I try to as much as I can, as often as I can. And uh, I even listen. I took some notes based on that. I was going to say. Take any notes? I, I did not. Um, Heath, are you not prepared for this show? Uh, I've I've got notes here in front of me. I've got actually your preview, which hasn't even gone out yet. Da- I don't think Davis has a microphone. Does. No microphone. He's got a microphone. You, we haven't talked to, to Davis here. We, ha- we have not. So this is Davis Williams, not not to be confused with Mike Davis. We got so many. Da- Everybody in this company's got the same names for the most part, really. Well, Somehow, whether it's first names last or last names first, it's all it's all kind of well, first name Davis here, as we've been calling him. Say hi, Davis. 
Hey guys. First name Davis. He comes in and his first name is Davis, but everyone calls Mike Davis Davis. So we had some confusion. So poor Davis Williams here is now going by the name of first name Davis. Except oh. for Joe calls me uh, Double D now. Double D. Double, Double D. D. Do you care to exaggerate? Yeah, on that? I have no mean? idea. I don't know if I got. There's only one D in your name. I don't really know. <laughs> he just went with it. He asked me if that was okay, and I gave the green light. Well, you know what? I guess we know what's on Joe's mind. Well, <laughs> clearly. Clearly. Well, yeah, that, that, we'll have to have Joe on at some point this year because he's always a good time. But anyway, get back to what I was saying. Do you think Keith has really taken this show serious if he didn't take any notes or anything for I, this? I've, I've taken it pretty serious. He, he told me before we came on that he wasn't a professional to be prepared. I'm not they were worried that I was going to be the weak link of this whole deal. And I got notes. I got ideas. I got everything right I've down here. I've got two sheets of paper right here. Yeah, it's sheets of paper that you typed up for a race a hey, a race preview, isn't no, it? Yeah, that's a race new, preview. There. Your new PR rep did this. <laughs> I'm your old PR rep. Then you didn't even type that up, so it's even worse yet. You just, you're just making yourself look worse by the second. All right, we're going to move on here. <laughs> Regan. All uh, right, back to this past <laughs> weekend. Yeah. Let's, uh, what let's did you take away from, from the cup race? You said not everything's applicable, but when you watch that, when you sit down and you watch that, what, what are your takeaways? I, I think the biggest thing is the obvious thing. With the draft and the way it's been the past two years now, um, or starting the second year of it, with the with number one, the cup cars, with the new body style. Number two, the nationwide cars not being allowed to push. The car out front has a massive advantage right now. Um, it just, you know, you get certain guys out there, Matt Kenseth being one of them, and I bragged on him a lot this past weekend. There's about four other guys that you can always count on. Uh, Dale Jr., Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, um, Tony Stewart, certain ones, Denny Hamlin. When they get out in front of the pack, they can manipulate the air. And when we were running the tandem stuff, when we were able to push and, and do some of the things that we can't do uh, anymore, those guys lost a little bit of that advantage of being able to manipulate the air. That advantage is back. And, and what I picked up the other night was, although some cars were able to come up through the pack early on and, and pass guys, it seemed a lot like the races last year where it's going to get down to the end. You're going to be boxed in. It's going to be very difficult to, to make up spots. You're going to get down to 15 to go, which is typically when people would want to start pushing the go button and, and, and try to get to the front. And it's going to be a lot more difficult than uh, than what you anticipate. You're going to have to make that move, you know, with more like 50 laps to go in the race in the nationwide race, for example, and start positioning yourself at that point. That last pit stop is going to come somewhere around that ballpark, and you're going to have to be positioned at that point. And if you're not, you could see yourself boxed in on the bottom for, for 40 laps and nothing you can do about it. You're just stuck down there in, in two-by-two two traffic and uh, and get out front. Man, get out front. That's gonna the, say, that Regan, is a huge deal. Regan's giving away all his secrets right now, so so hopefully no one else is listening, right? Well, uh, we, we weren't really sure that we were going to actually broadcast this one, That's so true. if we don't yeah, broadcast it, I'm safe. If somebody listens, maybe we can just hold this one off until like a special Saturday episode of Dirty Mo Radio. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting to sit, to sit here and listen to you talk about that because, you know, Obviously, we're not behind the wheel. You've been behind the wheel in a lot of different situations. I've um, rode with you a couple times. Yeah, you have. It's not fun. No? No. And it's better than our marketing representatives. It is better than, than the marketing representatives, um, but that's a pretty low bar that's been set there. But so. it's, it's a bar nonetheless. It is a bar. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, but anyways, you actually you, – your stats at restrictor plate racetracks, at least on the junior motorsports side, have been really, really good. Um, so you're kind of one of those guys that – I wouldn't say you're underappreciated, but I don't think sometimes people really understand that you, you really know what you're doing on these tracks. I I don't ever like hearing about the stats because then it's only a matter oh, of time. Oh, you don't want to hear get, your stats? Until you get jinxed, yeah. But they're good. Uh, if you want to hear them when they're good. Yeah, no, when they're good, yeah. Okay. But it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of averages. Eventually you're going to get swept up in something and, and, you know, hopefully 
hopefully we can clear out three more of them this year and, and not get swept up in anything. But we've been, you know, we've been fortunate that since I've been here, the cars have been fast. We've had a lot of speed in the speedway cars, and, and um, you know, pit stops have been good. And, and when you can kind of dictate where you're at in the field, if you can put yourself in that top five, it, it really minimizes the, the opportunities to get swept up into stuff and, and to be able to see the end of the race. And if you can't get up there, there's there's been times where we've rode in 35th place mm -hmm. and, and just try to feel the flow of the race and understand how it's going to play out. And, uh, you know, the team's done a, done a good job for the past two years now. And, and uh, you know, I've been, been fortunate to be the one that, that sits behind the wheel and looks good doing it. But, uh, but definitely the cars are, are a big reason why and the, and the pit strategies are a big reason why. And I do like drafting. That's yes. another element to it. I, so some, some drivers love it. Some drivers hate it. I embrace it. You know, you I don't. I don't it? necessarily love it, but I definitely don't hate it. And and I I look at it as okay. This is another technique. This is mm -hmm. we do road racing. We yeah. do short tracks. We do intermediate, and we do speedway. It's all three different techniques, and you drive all of them, uh, or four different, excuse me, and you drive them all differently, but they all pay the same points at the end of the day. So you got to capitalize on those opportunities to get points when you can, and uh, and make the most out of them. I I like. Uh, the thinking part of it. I like being able to outthink the other guy. And, and sometimes I get myself in trouble at the other races by thinking too much and, and you know, complicating things too much and, and overthinking the thought process and not relying on, on what other people are telling me. And, and at the speedways, it's strictly on me. I got to think through it. Yeah. I got to trust that they're giving me the right pit strategy on the pit box because ultimately in that car, you don't have time to think about that stuff. It's uh, it's a whole different deal. You're not you're not physically exhausted after a speedway race, but mentally, mentally. you are beat. I, I'll get on the airplane and be asleep within ten minutes after a speedway race for whatever reason. It's true. I've seen it. Yeah. So I think the underlying takeaway here is is Regan is good at restrictor plate racing, and he attributes he attributes that to his intelligence level. Am I right? I would say that's a fair <laughs> statement. Yeah. <laughs> As you should probably know, but and and to fill in. As Heath and I are bannering back and forth here, just to make sure the, the listeners understand this, he's, Heath has been my PR rep for the past two years, so we've yep. got uh, yep. we've got a pretty good relationship and, and uh, been fortunate enough that uh, that been around each other a lot, know quite a bit about each other, and too uh, much, probably and too much, probably too much, and yeah. and Heath liked me so much that he decided to quit this year, and, yeah, and just become an executive within the company and get all this power. Now he's on a power trip and. We're trying to knock him back down from that, but uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. see. We'll, we'll keep trying on that. Thank you, Regan. No problem. But That's what friends are for. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of Daytona, we've got, you've got a new crew chief this year heading down We there. do. Jason yes. Burdett comes to us from Hendrick Motorsports. He does. And for those of you that don't, uh, if Jason doesn't sound familiar, he actually used to be the car chief on Dale Jr.'s Cup car. Yeah, and uh, Jason, I think he had been there for probably seven years. Yeah. The, the entire time that, that Stevie was there, mm -hmm. Jason was there as a car chief and and had worked a few places before then, but I think he's been almost a 10-year employee of HMS at this point and, and may have been a car chief at HMS for 10 years and waited for his opportunity. He did things the right way. He came over there. He was loyal to the company, knew that when the opportunity presented itself that uh, that he would get to get to move up and, and get to take that chance to be a crew chief and an opportunity. And uh, he's more than ready. He's somebody I got a relationship with uh, from, from my days driving the 88 car a couple times. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Met him, met him there for yep. the first time and, and, you know, have been close with most of those guys ever since then and, and you know, always had an open-door policy to where I could just come over to the holler and, and hang out and do whatever and, and would see him quite frequently. Maybe even a few nights in uh, in certain basements uh -oh. with uh, maybe uh -oh. one too many beverages occasionally. Uh -huh. uh, yep. But uh, But someone that I'm excited about having as a crew chief 
uh, upstate New York guy. We're both Syracuse fans, so that's say, always good. Yeah, because there's not a lot of uh, Syracuse guys up there. Um, and I'm a, actually, let me stop you there. I'm surprised you don't have your orange on today. You came in the shop. I barely recognized you. We got a baby doctor appointment. Oh, you got to look professional. Yeah. Well, no. It was plus it was cold out, so I had to wear a toboggan to cover my ears. I'm I'm bald, you know, so I got to cover that up somehow. We'll give, we'll give you a free pass. Today. I'm bald and I have big ears. I mean, come on, you got to protect that stuff, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, but back, back to Jason, since you're trying to get me off I'm track sorry, now. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm I'm going to be professional at this. Deal. You you're are not going to. You are not going to be able to sidetrack me on this. I but I'm, I get a lot of people off track. Everyone in the office can attest to that. What? We do it every Monday morning in your office for two hours. Sure. I come in and try to get work done, and, and you just keep me from working. and Like I'm doing right now. I, well, I mean, kind of. <laughs> Jason, know. we were talking about Jason. Yeah, Jason, uh, needless to say, he's he's ready for this, and uh, I, I couldn't be more excited than to, to have him doing it and to have him on the pit box. And, uh, you know, the team is the team is very, very motivated around him, very pumped up around him, and uh, – and it's it's been refreshing to see the, the attitudes and the mentality of those guys as, as he's gotten into that role and, and gotten to know all them. And uh, you know, obviously, you got to go out, you got to do the race, and you got to perform on the racetrack. But but all the key pieces and all the ingredients are there. We returned all seven guys that travel with us on the 17 um, for next year or for this year now, and, and that's a big deal. That says a lot to, about where we're at there. Typically, you have some turnover, and, right. and even within our own shop, and we can talk about this in a minute. But I think the, the other teams probably had two or three guys each, yeah. minimum, that was was turnover. So we're going to get to Daytona, and without testing this year, without the ability to get at a racetrack, unload, work together, our guys already know how to work together, you know. And right. and uh, it's it's going to be a feeling of comfort for them. It's going to be a little bit of a feeling of comfort for me that the only thing I have to adjust to is Jason and and. Jason and I have been around each other enough already now to where that should be pretty seamless. And, and that was that's something that, that that has to be talked about a little bit going into this year without that test. And teams had to make a bigger deal, whether it's drivers, crew chiefs, or drivers and their entire teams, of, of trying to get some face time with each other, trying to be around each other just a little bit. Because we, we didn't have those moments to, whether it was a team dinner in Nashville where we all go out and grab a dinner right. and, and hang out on the night off in between a test or whether it was at Daytona testing or, or whatnot. We didn't have those opportunities this year, and, and sometimes just being in the shop, um, you don't always get to, to build those personal relationships as easily. So here we are. Here we are. Um, Time to get started. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things, too. A lot, a lot of times people don't understand that, you know, you guys build a rapport with each other. You get very comfortable with one another. And even though everyone's professional, when you do have turnover like that, you're still learning new people and you're learning how, how different organizations do things. So the fact that you've retained the uh, the entirety of the 17, aside from a new PR rep and a new crew chief, I, well, and it's going to go a long way. I've talked about the competition side, and, and I really, quite honestly, don't want to talk about the other side. I've it burned me like it's never <laughs> burned me before when when our our head of PR, our our guy, decided he was too good for us. That's never actually you, your head guy had an opportunity to not travel thirty three weekends a year. So now, I was so okay does that, that mean our head guy he's not traveling more time at home with the wife than the kids? I, see, I was wondering wait, how wait. long I was wondering more time how long it was going to take you. More time at home with the wife and the kid, but you don't have the kid. yet. I don't have the kid. Yeah. Can we ever have a conversation that doesn't involve? me having a kid probably not <laughs> yeah after you have a kid i, I want to tell I, here i'm going to tell a quick story this is going to be brief is this going to be about how high you married up on the charts well or? i did marry up yeah. yeah we know okay but then you have no leverage 
<laughs> Clearly, you also you also have no balls left either at that point. No, no. Let's we're talking about me, not about you. Okay. Talk about me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, I was, I was going with this uh, at Daytona last year. Well, somewhere around Daytona, y'all y'all knew you were pregnant, right? But you had or da- I'm sorry, summer Daytona. Yep. But you hadn't told anyone yet. Yep. And so Regan still to this day, you give me a hard time about not having a kid. Um, and then. Here's the thing about Regan. He knew. Davis, chime in whenever you want to on any of this stuff, too. He knew. Don't, don't be scared. Yeah, we're, we're, Davis, I don't know anything listen, about this stuff. Listen yeah, to this. He knew he was. You pe- will by the time this is all done, though. He knew Megan was pregnant, but he's still giving me a hard time about having a kid. He's like, oh, you're going to have a kid before me. You're going to have a kid before me. And the whole time, she's <laughs> pregnant. He knows it. I don't know it, but he's still going to give me He's still going to give me crap about it. Like, it's the perfect plan. <laughs> it's the perfect cover-up. It, well, I mean, it was the perfect cover-up at the time, and I was just sitting there chuckling the whole time getting a kick out of it here's so. the thing Regan and I are very close to the same age so I think he thinks that since he's he's having a kid that I, I need to join the club I think everybody here thought you would have beat me to the punch no I travel too this much this whole company every single one of them nope travel too much travel too I used how to does, how does traveling too much yeah you used to now you don't travel any too much <laughs> you know speaking of wives and everything yeah. like that did you tell her did she know that we were doing the the pilot and the the first show run through show uh, I think we don't talk a lot about work at home but I think I did bring it up did you? I think I did. I so said you were pretty excited about no, it. No, I said if wha- you brought it up at home <laughs> and you don't talk a lot about work at home, you were obviously excited about this. I said, was it because it was a radio show and something new, or is it because you got to work with me? Uh, it was definitely all about you. <laughs> it always is, isn't it? Perfect. No, I told her. I said, you're not going to believe what they have us doing. Actually, is what I said. Well, this is how I knew that uh, that obviously you talked to your wife. How so? It's tough to paint a picture because the folks aren't here with us right now. But if you would, if you would picture the Dirty Mo Studio, the Dirty Mo Radio Studio, it's got this nice kind of black and white picture of the Dirty Mo Acres with a bright orange Dirty Mo Radio sign, and Heath has matched his shirt perfectly to the studio. The couches have orange, black couches with orange pillows on them in here. Yeah, and you're almost like camouflage in here. You match so good. So clearly, you told her about this. And she picked out your outfit for you today. Well, that was nice of her. It was a snow day here, so she was at home when I left the house this morning. But I'm I will say that you came to work today. Then. Here's the deal: you see how much attention he's paying to my clothes? <laughs> Do you really see this? I think someone's jealous. Regan, you can borrow the shirt later if you want it. Thank you. Uh, my only fear is which <laughs> Baby Gap store did you get it at? It wasn't Baby Gap. It wasn't Baby Gap. No, but it did Gap have kids. Yes, Gap kids. See, I, I grew out of Baby. So do you wear like ago. a what do you wear like an extra large Gap kids makes yeah. you feel a little yeah. more manly makes you feel big put the shirt on it yeah. says XL instead yeah. of instead of medium I didn't know this was bring bring Heath down day I came in here with a good attitude and every is, day is going to be bring Heath down day this is what we do it's okay <laughs> all right uh, hey speaking you know speaking in terms of the race and and what's going on this week I got a, I had a couple questions that came through uh, yeah let's tw- Twitter through. questions yeah there were some Twitter questions I didn't get a chance to to answer them and probably couldn't have answered them that quick so one of them that i saw was uh my opinion on the infield grass at daytona um oh like somebody it. wanted to get rid of the grass in the middle of the trial yeah. and yeah. they wanted to, to say you know what we don't need that down there it tears the nose off the cars and and we saw that happen with the two car we did way. my first answer to that would be don't go in the grass <laughs> stay on the racetrack that would be the first thing is that, that always an option is that always an option when that's not an option it usually <laughs> means that things are already pretty bad in that situation to begin with uh, furthermore, though, it's it's a safety issue, and and we've gotten rid of the grass on on the back straightaway, these speedways, and a lot of racetracks. There's no grass on the back straightaways. The trials with the pit crew guys being down on pit wall, um, we can't afford that same same thing on the front straightaways. And and 
a prime example that I could point out of what happened when Biffle wrecked coming off a of turn two and ended up hitting the infield wall. Yeah. Picture if that would have been a pit wall that he would have went down and hit. And, and you've got all these exposed people down there. The grass there is designed to slow the cars and to, even if it tears them up, to keep them from getting down to that pit road. We don't ever want to see that happen. If they don't have that, then we've got to all of a sudden put another retaining wall in there. And, uh, and you know, I'm not sure that that's always a good answer. Maybe it could be, but, but for the time being, that's why we still see the grass on the front straightaways, and, and it's trying to get removed at other places, I would think. But, uh, but yeah. Just try to slow, slow things down. And say, I mean, a lot of people don't understand. When, when you're on pit road, those guys, I mean, those guys – guys have a tough job going over the wall they do i, I would not want to do it and, and so i've hit i've hit a couple of them and it's <laughs> not a good from feeling. a driver's it's a terrible feeling yeah. you know i had one guy go up over the windshield last year and luckily he held on to the uh he held on to the pit hose and, and was able to make a really nice landing out of it from what i heard i didn't get to see it because he went literally over the windshield but it, it's not for the drivers you don't like that you don't enjoy yeah. now does that stay with you that. a little bit yeah maybe for until the green flag yeah, flies and you refocus. And if it's a green flag pit stop, typically uh, you're either coming in for a penalty and then it's over with after that, or or you just have to ask on the next caution, hey, is, is so-and-so okay? So. What else you got on that little Twitter there? On, well, this is actually my notes that I took. Okay. I can, show, I can show them to you after the show if you want so that you – Just for the record, I think Regan came very well prepared today for our Thank debut you. episode. That's I don't have to hurt my shoulder now reaching around to pat myself on the back now. You just did it for me. You're welcome. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, I had a question about the pit road system, and and I'm going to elaborate on the actual system real quick because that affects the nationwide cars. That's going to affect what, what our teams do this year. Okay. Um, but then the, the more in-depth question was how are they going to monitor loose slug nuts? Mm. So let's talk about the pit road system real quick. Yeah, because it's been updated. It, it has been, and – and it's uh, it's a little bit of a cause for concern. I think it's going to take time to perfect it. I think it's going to take time to to make it a system that that is right every time. And and no system will ever be right every time, but as close to close to it as it can be. Um, what they've done is they've automated everything, and it's all done with cameras now. And and the cameras are are watching every car that pits from the sky. Mm-hmm. The cameras are watching every pit box, and they have GPSed all the lines on the racetrack, uh, whether it's three pit boxes away to the front or the back, which is our rule. We're only allowed to drive through two pit boxes. We can't drive through that third one. Um, they've GPSed all this stuff, and, and now the drivers are going to be more responsible for getting out of their box properly. The teams, as they jump over the wall, a lot of times used to jump. The, the rule is one pit box away. Your, the nose of your car has to touch the line of the pit box behind yours. Well, teams used to cheat that and jump maybe two or one and a half or, or whatever it might be and expect that they were going to land by the time the car got there off right. the pit wall. They've actually got to wait now. They cannot land a foot on the ground until that car hits the nose of that line. So with that system, we're going to have less people on pit road. We're going to pull the officials off pit road. We're going to have eight guys sitting in a transporter somewhere off in the middle of the infield that are going to be making these pit calls, and they're going to radio them back up to the booth and say, hey, so-and-so gets a penalty. This is it. We reviewed it cut dry simple the computer actually alerts it to them once the computer alerts it to them then they can go watch it and immediately as soon as it happens look at the the area that's in question and say yes you know we need to bring this guy back in or we don't that in itself is going to be tough you know they got to point click do everything just right yeah it's going to have to happen you double click and all of a sudden the penalty goes away so there's there there's a little bit of margin for learning how to do all that stuff there and and uh, I, they showed a shot the other night, actually, of the of the uh, 
I guess we'll call it a booth because I don't know what else to call it. The transporter that, oh, the, that has the hauler. The, yeah. Yeah, the hauler. And, uh, that I think the combined age was probably like 24 in there. It was you could tell it's just all guys that know computers and yeah. you know know how to do this stuff. And uh, I didn't. I saw a couple old officials that were in there walking around. I'm not sure that any of them were actually clicking the computer. So I got a kick out of that. I thought, wow, this is a sign of the times and things yeah. are changing. I'm, I'm not touching but, that thing. Yeah. Well, and and through that, one of the questions that came up on Twitter was, what's going to happen for lug nut penalties if yeah. you don't have officials on pit road looking at the yeah. lug nuts? What's going to happen? And that we went and met with NASCAR on this a couple weeks ago, uh, Junior Motorsports, all of our guys did, all of our drivers did. And as we sat down and looked at it, uh, that question got raised. The answer we got was that the penalties going to be if a tire comes off, you get a bigger penalty on Tuesday from NASCAR. So essentially, ah. if the crew guy, if the crew chief says, you know what, I only want three lug nuts going on this car each week, if you can put three lug nuts on, just know. That if you put three lug nuts on and that thing shakes itself off and comes comes Cup off loose. the car, yeah, yeah, you might have had a half second quicker pit stop. That thing comes off, you're liable to get not only a monetary but perhaps a points penalty as well mm. um, on Tuesday. So it's, it's down a the road. risk and reward situation. Very much risk and reward. Realistically, I think though, we are going to see guys cheating that system. I was going to say realistically, do you see anyone calling for three lug nuts on? I on absolutely think at some point it might not be on the nationwide or on the Xfinity. There's my first one for the year. Dollar in the jar. There it is already. It may not be on the Xfinity Series because the, the reward for taking that risk isn't quite as much as it is on the Cup Series maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on the Cup Series at some point this year we're going to see a mistake made because a guy didn't get all the lug nuts on intentionally. They won't ever own up to that or right. admit to that. Yep. Um, but I do think that's going to happen at some point. And, and just like anything, we push the rules, we push the limits, we try to take it one step too far. Always, yep. And and. You know, it's only a matter of time till that happens. But I mean, a, dri- a driver knows. You know, if there's a lug nut off, do you not? You know From if they're a- loose. You know if okay. they're loose. It'll start shaking. If if they get three lug nuts on tight, yeah, you don't know. Okay. You have no way of knowing. Um, it, it may feel like a small vibration, and that's just a, a weight issue of, of imbalance on the wheel. Okay. And and a lug nut can cause a little bit of that, but nothing like if it was a wheel weight on the outside of the wheel. Those you feel instantly. Um, so as it comes loose, when it gets down to like two lug nuts. Mm-hmm. You'll know, and two lug nuts <laughs> will eventually work itself off all the yeah, way. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's no fun. Then you got bigger. Well, and, and the, the question I raised that I was concerned about was we had a, a situation at uh, one of the races last year where we exited pit road, and by the time the crew chief got relayed the message to him that he didn't get the lugs on, it wasn't good from the from the tire changer, I was already on the racetrack. Yeah. And, and my concern was, okay, if I go out there and now that tire falls off, I've already paid the penalty of, that was, that what was, is that? That was Chewbacca <laughs> letting us know that I have a text message. I didn't know you were such a mi- Star Wars fan, Regan. Ah, well. <laughs> that explains know, a lot. It, it should. It should. <laughs> I, I'm not necessarily a Star Wars fan. I'm a Chewbacca fan. What's the difference? There's a huge Listen, difference. There's no Chewbacca without Star Wars. What? You, Chewbacca could exist without Star He could have his own movie. He is pretty popular. He He is massively popular. I think we're getting off track. We are. We okay. Are. But um, I don't even remember where we were. Oh, coming off pit road. Yes. And, and before we had an opportunity to get back into the pits, the we had gotten into a wreck um, from slowing down. A car ran into me. And, and my argument to the officials as we discussed this the other day was, look, my only other option would have been to back up pit road. And, and my fear was if the tire, which in that situation the tire didn't come off, but had the tire come off, mm-hmm. we're already paying a penalty because we got to come back down pit road. We lost the tire. We didn't want to. And our cars tore up now. Um, but had I known that the tire was going to come off, I could have backed up pit road 
to avoid that penalty because what I'm afraid of now is the points penalty, the the six points or, or whatever that you might get by a tire flying off on the racetrack. Yeah. Even though none of us want that. So we had that argument, and basically I got told that uh, tough luck. Tough. That was kind of how that. That's kind of how I took that. And and they did say they're going to use you know they're going to use their judgment and and be smart about this. Yeah. Um, but it, I I think that's going to be a story that'll be playing out as the season goes on as as mistakes like that are made and you know no team's perfect. You're going to have right. that happen. You Always. are going to yeah. have mistakes on pit road. You want to minimize them, but but it's uh, it, it could be a, a big topic at some point. Regan's giving us some really valuable insight here today. I am. I, I'm impressed. I'm almost out of questions now. I guess. What else you got? We're using them all up. Okay. We're, I, good. we're doing good. How good is Dale Jr. smoked brisket? Uh, pretty good. That was one on Twitter I didn't answer. He's uh, on a, what, a pretty good. Uh, it's a lot better than mine could ever well, be. Well, you're not much of a cooker. I, I should say, it. you know, I've hit him up to be on our show this yeah. year, and he did agree to that. So we'll see if we can make that happen or Actually, not. Actually, I did. So if. Uh-oh. No, no. I feel no. like you're getting ready to let me down here. No, or I'm something. saying w- di- he, he did agree. He did say that he would come on the show. Okay. Now I think he's waiting to see how the show is before he before yeah. he actually he'll, he'll be like a mid season type guy yeah. he'll come in. And he probably doesn't want to listen to this episode then. Uh, well, <laughs> he, he, who's to say it's going to get any better? From, yeah. This may be as good as it gets right here. Yeah. That's the scary part. Yeah. Uh, so, but in saying that, I guess I should probably say that his brisket is amazing. On a scale of one to ten, ten being like Kansas City brisket, what would you give it? I would put him at probably an eight. Oh wow, a seven or an eight, right around. He ha- he has had a lot of practice. He he has, and and the thing about it is, is uh, you know, practice makes perfect. That's true. He's got all the cookers necessary to do all the, that. To me, that's hell. The the brisket's great, but the cookers are the impressive part to me. Yeah, I mean these things are massive, and and uh, you know they got the electronics and everything like that in them. It's it's really. Uh, it's quite the setup that he's got over there, but and uh, it takes patience. Like brisket, making brisket is is a very it's a patient endeavor. When I cook, it doesn't happen overnight. When I throw something on the grill, I want it to be ready like immediately. Yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna. I can't. I don't. I can't sit there for eight hours. Hell, I'm too drunk after eight <laughs> hours usually to worry about whatever I'm cooking at that point. <laughs> if that's what's going on, I think that's all I got. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. Well, we just want to remind everybody we've got a, a full lineup for you this weekend. Those of you who've been. Trying to get through the off season without a lot of racing. The Xfinity race, actually, we've got uh, three cars, junior motorsports cars for the Xfinity race. Regan will be in the uh, number seven Hellman Chevrolet, bright yellow and blue. You won't be able to miss that. Chase Elliott back in the number nine Napa car, and then we've got Dale Jr. running the number eighty-eight Taxlayer.com Chevy. Should be a good a good race for us. We've got uh, the green flag goes off on Saturday at about three thirty Eastern time, and that's on Fox Sports One. And Davis, what what's the Cup lineup look like? What times the Cup race start on Sunday for everybody? Uh, I believe green flags around one. Just tune in. Just tune in at ten o'clock. Watch yeah. all the pre-race it's shows. The drivers' do introductions at twelve forty. See, it's like the Super Bowl. It's it's kind of an all-day deal on Sunday. Just it really turn, is. And, and up, the, the stars, the stars, the the people that are. It's a spectacle. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I say that from a fan perspective, and I say that from a driver's perspective that. It, there's a different vibe to that race. There's a different yeah, feeling to it. Not, nothing the, like Daytona. Yeah, the whole day, the drivers' meeting. You know, you name it. It, it's just uh, it, it is a Super Bowl type event. And for anybody that hasn't seen it in person, it, it's worth your time to get to one. Whether you're a casual fan, whether you're a full blown. If you're listening to us right now, you're probably a full blown fan. So, <laughs> with that said, you you may have already been to the 500, but uh, but I highly recommend it on the on a bucket list type item. Yeah, you, it's one of those things you'll you'll probably never forget it. Um, and, and what sport starts off their season with the biggest race of the year? 
Like the Super Bowl is the last game of the NFL season, and we start our our season off with the the, the biggest, biggest race. Yeah, that's so. it's definitely unique unique to to racing and and our sport. And I mean, with Homestead getting the the lure that it's getting now with the championship race, it's mm-hmm. it's getting bigger, but it'll never in a million years touch with Daytona and what the Daytona 500 is. That's very true. Well, good luck to you this weekend, Regan. Keith, good luck to you. What, I'll, uh, hey, I'll be there. So you wait a second. So you quit doing PR for me, but you're still coming to the racetrack. I uh, thought you were staying home to make babies or something. I, I can't stay away from the track now. I've been doing it too long. I'm burned even worse. This, I, w- I, will I feel be, like this is a good way to end the show today because I'm just. I'll be at Daytona. I don't know if I'm going to show up for the show with you next week now. Why? Well, I don't know, because wife might have a baby. <laughs> so that, that might be the actual reason, but I was going to play it off as then that. Then it's just going to so. be me and Davis sitting in here. First name Davis. Davis doesn't say a lot, so are you guys just going to, like, gaze into each other's eyes, yeah. or what he's, are you going to do? He's still new. He's, he's getting well, accustomed to Well, I just let y'all do y'all thing. I didn't know Junior what my role was supposed culture. to be. Your role? You're part of this show, too. You're sitting right. there in that seat. You got the headphones on there. That's right. uh, you know. Well, that's it, everybody. Make sure uh, make sure to check back next week. And then, uh, hey, any questions you have for us, go ahead and – Send them. Send them yeah. through Twitter. Send them send wherever. Them Twitter would probably be best, and that's at uh, Regan Smith. What's your, what's your Twitter, Heath? Let's let – Or let's Junior Motorsports. Uh, Heath has a Twitter. I do. No. What are you scared about who you follow or something? No, on no, I'm just my Twitter's my own. People thing. don't care if you follow porn stars. It's okay. <laughs> It'll be okay. That's my little secret. Okay. You weren't supposed to divulge that. I don't know. I don't know Heath's Twitter. I'll have to look it up and get back to that. On next week's show, we give you Heath's Twitter Thank and you. his cell phone number. Perfect. That works. And in turn, I will give you Regan's home address. Great. <laughs> be all sure right. to ship all gifts UPS or FedEx. Please. All right. That works. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see y'all next week. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 